Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to the Luke and Pete Show. Pete Donaldson with you with Luke Moore. Luke, we're in the same studio together. A very, very warm welcome to you, Pete, <laughs> and to all of our listeners. For the first time in quite a long time, socially distanced, we must add, mm. um, we are in the same studio. What a treat. I don't like the fact when people sort of tweet about them having a party or hanging out with friends, they always feel the need to say, we are in the same bubble or we are socially distanced or we are not in a zone two area yet and all this stuff. And it's like, don't worry about it. I'm not I'm not going to call the busies on you. Don't have a go at me now. <laughs> Straight away. <laughs> it's been a while. I've not been able to have a go at you face to face. No, great news for listeners who are fans of the dissection of your clothes by me. Oh, right, okay. Because today you have gone for a very bold look. Lot of uh, lot of very comp- competing uh, ideas. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looks a bit like the test card on Channel Four for it's those like, teenagers. It's like um, the North Korean approach to communism. What it it used to have the it used to have very strong ideas about how communism was going to work, but now. Uh, it's, very, it's become something very difficult. It, shall different. we say, a patchwork quilt, yes. shall we say? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot, a lot of different... I've got like a kind of tartany sort of thing on the bottom and a, a nonsense on the top. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a little much, a little much. No, I'm, not, um, I'm not wearing anything fancy on my shoes. You check my shoes. No, business at the front, party at the back. It's just nonsense mm. on top, nonsense at the back. Exactly. Um, I grew a giant pumpkin. So, oh, yes, I saw this. Was that what that was? Yeah. It was like a kind of, but it was more of like a tan colour more than an orange colour. Yeah. Is it going to grow orange? That was a regret, actually. So the story is that uh, my next door neighbours, sadly, through, for COVID reasons, Mm. they both worked in events and they lost their jobs. Yeah. So they had to move out of London. So they moved back to um, the the town where the guy's from Mm. uh, near near, uh, Norwich in Norfolk. And they were cleaning their house out, obviously. And they said, we found these, um, these seeds. Mm. Um, do you want them? I was just going to chuck them away. And they were pumpkin seeds and tomato seeds, whatever, some right. bits and pieces. I said, you know what? And I, I did that thing that you you will sometimes do as well. We're both similar in this way, where you'll go, do you know what? Actually, yeah, I am, I I am going to grow something. I am a god grower. Yeah. So so I thought I'll, I'll plant these pumpkin seeds and I'll be totally honest with you. There was a bed left over that wasn't being used. So I dug a few little holes, chucked the pumpkin seeds in, gave it, covered them up, gave it a water. In a bed? Yeah, flower, yeah, a vegetable bed, I suppose. <laughs> and um, forgot about it. Anyway, mm. they started growing. They started growing like you wouldn't believe, right? right? I, through no skill of mine. Um, <laughs> so I chopped all the other ones away and just left this one. And it grew pretty big. I'd say it's probably the size of um, a misshapen basketball. Oh, it's great. It was it's a good big. size. It's, it's really surprising. And you sort of think that there would have to be more water than you can supply. I guess it's quite rainy in I England, was, isn't it? Yeah, but I was absolutely stunned as to where something that big and heavy could come from, something like that. I know it's an mm. obvious thing to say, like you learn that in primary oh, school. Oh, very satisfying, though, I yeah, imagine, it's great. as well. So that, I've made that happen. So what I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to cut it when it was ready and, mm. and give it to my niece for Halloween so she could carve it because she's five. And, her, and so I did that. 
First thing my niece said was, why is it yellow? <laughs> yeah, Fair enough. Just... That annoyed me. I don't oh, know, I don't, no. and the, the thing that annoyed me about that was I didn't have the answer. Yeah. And secondly... You can't fucking have it then if you've booted it down some stairs. <laughs> can't boot it. You break your toe. Um, and her dad um, wasn't that enthusiastic about carving it mm. uh, because I asked him if he would carve it for her. And he looked wistfully at me, looked into the middle distance and went, yeah, what kids have you, Luke? I suppose it's not that much of a big job. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the enthusiasm I wanted. I thought it would be a great thing. Could you dremel it? What, trip, trip on it kind of thing? Yeah, just kind of get it out that way. Because yeah. it, it does seem like you would have to be very careful with the knife lest you lose a digit. Yeah, I, I, I actually really hurt my thumb mm. picking it up out of the car. Right. And uh, kind of pulled my nail back. And so it's a dangerous, a dangerous, dangerous vegetable. Pumpkin. <laughs> um, I don't, I, so it's, when I looked at the um, the packet, I realised it's from a massive breed, like a proper breed that are bred for giant pumpkins. So the right. record pumpkin is the same as that one. So mm. which which again kind of annoyed me because I was quite pleased with my progress. Yeah, and then I realised that actually it should have been more um, chordy. Oh, for the species, <laughs> for the species, mate, it's tiny. It's a runt. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like seeing an alien race. And going, whoa! Someone's visited us from an alien race, an alien planet. They're only three planet. foot tall. And no, no, no and he's like twelve foot tall. You're like, fucking hell, he's massive. And you actually visit the planet. And everyone's twenty five mm. foot tall. You think, well, he's just a runt. I took a, a girlfriend to Hartlepool once, and she remarked that uh, not very good looking men in the town, is there? And I went, I oh, know. Yeah. yeah, you don't know how handsome I am <laughs> for my people. So you've you've improved that. You've you've improved. So what you should have done <laughs> by by taking her to a different environment, mm. your your stock has gone through the roof. <laughs> yes. there, no, she it? just thinks the whole town's. Ugly. Oh, so you look around and look at you and look around and go, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, have you ever grown anything, Pete? You're not, you're not much of a grower, are you? You're no, a shower I'm or a, a grower? I'm a shower rather than a grower. No, I don't think I have really, to be honest. I, mean, I think I looked after my dad's uh, uh, tomatoes back in the day, but then my mum poisoned them with slug pellets. Ah, you can't put the slug pellets in the soil. You can't put slug pellets in the soil next to the plants because the plants will suck it up and you'll have poisoned tomatoes. You're I'm fairly certain that was the case. It might have just been my dad trying to get out of growing tomatoes anymore because it was quite the job. Like when he got out of going on holiday with the family by just spending time Wanting in the fit shed. a burglar arm, yeah. Yeah, it's a brilliant ruse, that. It is, isn't it? The more I think about mm. it, the more I'm impressed by that. <laughs> um, so I I was really happy with the pumpkin. I've I've passed it on. I've gifted it to someone else now. Mm. Um, you're gonna have to saw the bottom off it to get it to stand upright because it's yes, not the right shape. Pointy. Yeah. Could um, you have like a stand if you were um, showing off a, a, an NFL ball or a rugby? Yeah, ball? Yeah, you could do actually. Things, yeah, you yeah. could do that. And the sad thing is that obviously people aren't really going to be trick or treating in any like, kind of like numbers that they would do normally no. because of what's happened. I very much enjoyed Vish from the Football Ramble. Uh, his efforts. He made like the spooky eye thing that you use quite a lot as, as emojis. emojis. Yeah, he made an emoji pumpkin. A little spooky eyes. I just thought you just thought. I mean, I, I the thing that annoys me about that, Pete, mm. is that if I'd have done that. You'd have said that was disgusting and despicable and really, and really passe. And <laughs> don't oh think I god, would, no, I would say that. You would have been annoyed the same way you're annoyed when I share like a three day old meme. Mm. But because Vish has done it and you like Vish, oh, I love Vish. He's great. Mm. You liked it. Correct. All of those things are correct. <laughs> okay, good. Yes. Well, listen, yeah, we all know where we well stand. Observed, sir. We, we all know where we stand. <laughs> What's been floating your boat this week, Peter? Anything pumpkin related? Uh, not really. Oh, that hijacking. But... You'd have been all over that, surely. Oh, mate. Um, um, I tell love... people about the story if they don't know. Uh, there was. I the thing is, the 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 results and the situation seems seems rather unclear to me. It seems that there were some stowaways on a boat from Liberia. Was it? That would be you weird. Know thing that to you came and you changed my world. Was it Liberia? Uh, why would it be Liberia? Don't know. Be a weird place for it to, to come from. But um, yeah, it was from an African state, and uh, there were some stowaways, and it all kicked off just off the whole coast of the Isle of Wight. 
Yeah, which is a weird place for it. <laughs> it really is. But I did, uh, as I remarked yesterday, I did very much enjoy the uh, ex- men of a certain age who were excited by men in uniform oh, yeah. uh, getting very frothy. People of our dad's age were getting very frothy about uh, the boat being intercepted within the bounds of the, what are they called? The C- C- SBS. The SPS. What are they? The SBS. SBS. The Special Boat Service. <laughs> the sexy <laughs> boat sexes. Super, super boat so- soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> um, there were men getting really oh, Excited on Twitter, going, "Oh, what you're going to hijack a boat just where the SBS were?" Yeah. Like, no, the, the type of people who type in "special boat service" as a search on Twitter, yes. and "special air service" as a search on Twitter, yeah. because they're men of a certain age. Mm. Uh, they probably like Top Gear, yes. as a show. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all tweeting things like, "Oh, hijacking a boat thirty miles from the the, the special boat service base. <laughs> good luck with that." <laughs> eight minutes it took. Eight minutes. That is good, though, isn't it? It is good. I'm, look, it's excellent. Yeah. I, I, I'm not saying I wasn't excited also. Yeah. I just don't like it when other people display the same things that I'm excited by. But, <laughs> no, but would, would you think there's a big crossover between those types of people and the people who sit at the end of a bar in like a country pub talking about how... Their favourite panzer. No, they would have been a football player, but they got an injury <laughs> and they used to be in the SAS. Yeah. Those yeah. type of people. All that jazz. All if, that if, jazz. If you, if, if, say, for example, Pete, there was some kind of mistake and they had eight people in the special boat service to do this mission to jump on board this ship that you know, allegedly been hijacked. And mm. the, the, the most recent report is um, the boat was based or registered in Liberia and the stairways were believed to be Nigerian seeking asylum. That's the latest report. Mm. But if there was a ninth person going on the special boat service mission mm. and all of a sudden it was you and they put you in all the uniform and the gear... What would your tactics be? Would you just try and get in the middle and just not have to do much? <laughs> would you get seasick on the little boat? I'd hang back. I never get, I'm, I'm quite proud of the fact I know I rarely get seasick. Your dad must be really happy with that. I get car sick, I just don't get seasick. <laughs> your dad was a merchant navy man, right? He was just a normal navy man. Oh, no, sorry, a normal navy man. I don't know why anybody would look down on the merchant. I don't really understand what the merchant... They're just people who live on the sea. They're, they're no, just, merchant just... navy is stuff like... Um, like It's like... Um, the commercial stuff. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. But why did they have Don't to call them the navy? Yeah, but, but what is? Yeah, but what, what I'm saying is that why did they have to call them a na- navy? They just work on a boat. Surely they work on a ship. Yeah, that's yeah. what you mean. Why do you have to be a naval officer? It doesn't make any sense. Now, you know what you've just made me realise? What? I don't really know what the Merchant Navy is, <laughs> so I'm going to look it up. But I... I just thought it was. Is it just not? A, it's like it, it doesn't give you access to the naval, uh, the navy club. In Hartlepool, like what my dad went to every Saturday afternoon. So the Merchant Navy is a term you, <laughs> term used to refer to the commercial sector of the maritime industry. So it's what I guessed. Yeah. So yeah, didn't I don't need know the word navy course. there, did yeah. you? No. Makes them sound sexy, doesn't it? Does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a member of the Merchant SBS. Say again? The Merchant Special Boat Service. <laughs> so we do like really high profile missions, but yeah. it's just the sea-based shops. <laughs> <laughs> They had uh, my friend uh, who is in the navy. He, um, he he. We joke that his main job, and it was for a very long time, was just filling um, the vending machine on his ship when he when they were going around. Oh, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. You yeah. don't think logistics, ordering toilet paper, filling vending machines, yeah. etc. Now he flirts with a little bit of. Uh, he flirts with a little bit of. Um, uh, he looks after the, the, the emotional health and, and, and he's HR basically on a boat. Right. And uh, he, uh, after something like 12 years of service in the Navy, decided uh, right about the time that his wife had a second baby, let's make that very clear, right. <laughs> uh, that he wanted to go to Iraq. Right, okay. And now he lives in a um, like a, a, a one of those um, packing crits um, with a little shower in it. God, I mean, I don't know the guy, and you've not named him, so I no. can't ask this question. I mean, does he genuinely hate his family? <laughs> I 
I don't know. I don't know. But he he's out there. He's having a lovely time. He's getting shelled every few every few weeks. Is that, um, is that a lovely time? Yeah, uh, no, not really. Um, plays a lot of prayer. He doesn't seem to be doing a lot. So basically, he's like a pistachio. He lives in a crate. <laughs> he lives in a crate, and he's yeah. getting shelled all the time. Hey, um, can I ask? Can I just make a point that when mm. obviously as, as regular listeners to this show will know, and as you certainly know, Pete, uh, I also grew up in the seaside town. Mm. Um, That's where he lives. Yeah, he, he does. Oh, I know. You, I know yeah, what you mean. I know what you mean. Anyway, uh, I've still asked the same question. No, um, <laughs> when the big US aircraft carriers mm. would come to the UK. I saw one on the way back from the... Where were we coming back from? The Isle of Wight. And I had, like, the boat app that would check out the big boats. Of course you did. And I was on the hovercraft, and I was like, look at the fucking size of the thing. They had to stop the boat because it was so big. Yeah. Because it would disrupt all of the waves, presumably. So one of the main maritime ports in the country is Portsmouth, right? Mm. But those boats of... those. I don't even know. Do you call them boats? Probably not. Ships mm. or whatever. If it stopped being a pot, you'd be it'd be a stupid name. Smell. It's got everything going for Smouth, it. Smell. Yeah. It's um. Anyway, but the thing is, Pete, they've, the technology's advanced so much, and these aircraft carriers in the US are now so big. We're now like these guys who search for special boat service on Twitter. By the way. Oh yeah. Um, it, it, they can't get in the port, Pete. So, right. so that that aircraft carrier you saw would have been moored in the Solent, mm. which is the body of water travelling back from the other white, mm. because they can't get in the harbour. Right. But the point is, I was going to make, is when I was a kid, they've been that size for quite some time. And when I was a lot younger, my mum and dad used to take me down to Stokes Bay, the main, mm. um, the main beach there, and give the old binoculars out, mm. and you could see American sailors cycling bikes up and down. <laughs> they've all got bikes, because it takes it. so long to get from one end to the other. Oh, I've got a lot of time for that. It'd be now e-scooters, won't it? Don't go off the edge. <laughs> it would be thrilling, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See what Dave did? Only the best thing. Just, the thing we've always, always wanted to do. Yeah, he is in the sea, but he did do a backflip. <laughs> but did you I hear, regret nothing! Did you hear the um, story of, um, speaking of that, did you hear the story of... Um, Duncan Bantine, who we've talked about on this show before, mm. who got he got kicked out of the um, navy, didn't he? Right. Oh, didn't he punch his commanding officer? I thought he held him over the edge of a, of a boat or something. Right. Okay. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm is out. he going to sue us? You're out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Here's why I'm out. I did a little Duncan Bantine impression back in the day, didn't I? <laughs> yes. You did. Um, anyway, so you've um, what, what was your answer to my question? Oh, the hijacking. I actually, I actually asked you if you had anything floating your boat this week, and then I interrupted you as is my well, way. There you go. I think. That's it. Well, that's, I think the thing is floating about are the men on, on, on Twitter obsessed with the special boat service. Here's a couple of choice ones. From the last 20 minutes, I uh, did some work with both special boat service and special air service. SBS, six uh, foot plus, blonde haired, lithe, slick. SAS, five foot six on average, solid, grumpy, mostly Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> Lesson of the day, don't hijack an oil tanker in waters that are within in 30 miles of the HQ of the Special Boat Service, the most elite waterborne trained soldiers in the world. Yeah. Well done to the Royal Marines Special Boat Service, as ever, discreet, professional, effective. There's a lot, that's Bear Grylls actually, there's a lot of men, <laughs> there's a lot of men who want to fuck the Special Boat Service. They want people yeah. to onboard their boat, so to speak. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think that they are... I mean, so, Nigerian, probably malnutrition stowaways we're talking about here. We're not talking about, you know, elite fighting forces. I'm sorry. They are an elite fighting force, aren't they? Though? That's the point. No, I mean the, the, the Nigerians. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. But the job's still got to be done. It's job's still got to be done, yeah. <laughs> job's still got to but, be but done. But is it, is it like, is your angle that these people on Twitter are saying, notice me, notice me? No, they're just sort of going, I know what that is, or I've read this on Twitter and it's pretty exciting. I've got to retweet it to just know that oh, the British are great, aren't they? Yes, I have just finished my copy of Bravo 2 by Andy <laughs> Nap, and so I want to weigh in on this. Yeah. Anyway, I just I just, I just worry for the the the, the cult of men <laughs> on Twitter. 
That's been the case of for which some time. I, of which I am one of them. That's been the case for some mm. time. Um, Pete, I want to take us take a quick break because when we come back, um, I um, asked last week for anyone who. <laughs> who has been we talked about we were talking about crime families I think and we were talking about people mm. who get operated on by vets instead of doctors <laughs> because um, it's um, you know it's, it's it's not legit or whatever or because mm. you have to go and see a vet because you know you are victim of a crime or whatever and you don't want any questions being asked mm. um, and someone who's listened to this show has emailed in saying they've been operated on by a vet so uh, <laughs> stick around after the break we're going to talk about it love it Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I'm Pete Dalton from the Luke Pitch Show. I'm joined by Luke Miller. Yeah. And we are back for more of this and reading out your emails. This is what we usually do in the second half of the show. If you've never heard the show before, this is how we do it. If you've never heard the show before, do you think people would have made it to this bit? Um. Yeah, probably. Okay. I, I, yeah. I think they're in for a treat this this week because we're both in the same room. It's nice. Yeah, welcome. 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 Um, hello at LukeandPeteShow.com is the email address. Mm. I trailed before the advert break that there was a guy who'd been operated on by a vet. I've overshot my, my, uh, my uh, thing. Yeah, because he wasn't actually operated on. He, he kind of, oh. There was a procedure cyst? done. No, Taking I'm gonna, the cyst out? I'm, I'm going to tell you. Right. I'm going to tell you it. So um, this is an email from Jake who says, Hi, chaps. Um, the recent chat about vets has sprung a memory. When I was around five years old, my dad decided to try and race our family greyhound at the local track. Right. A family greyhound. I'm going to guess that Jake is from the north of England. Um, and apparently his dad named the greyhound after, after his mother-in-law to annoy her. What do you think about that? (laughs) It's a bit strong, isn't it? Very strong. It's a bit strong. Um, Upon arriving at the track, five-year-old me ran around the car park and ran into a a parked car and split my head open. My dad did not want to be late for the Rayhound meet. (laughs) So he took me to the on-site vet rather than the hospital, who gave me five stitches, which my dad then had to remove later with some pliers and a Stanley knife. (laughs) The dog came last and was never raced again. Hope this helps, Jake. Jake, that is the most depressing email that anyone has ever sent us. It's like one of my stories, isn't it? It's like one of my childhood stories. It's a frozen sausage away from a Pete Dawson family, family story. <laughs> Pliers, a standing knife. Yeah. If there was the speedway track involved rather than a greyhound track, it would be only a little <laughs> bit more depressing. So I said earlier, my niece is five. Mm. If I saw her dad hovering over her head with, with a pliers and a standing knife, knife yeah. I would say, get away from her. Get it. <laughs> Get sterile. At least yeah. make it sterile for crying out loud. Jake's still alive to tell the tale. He doesn't know how old he. He doesn't say how old. Are he Are you is, saying but... that's not an operation? I would say stitching someone up is probably an operation. Surely, and yeah. this is pre. It's a procedure. Stitches as well, isn't it? It's a procedure. Sorry, pre staples as well, isn't it? Well, it would have only been yeah. worse if they put super glue in it. <laughs> super, and is it is it staples now they use? Oh, I think staples seems to be pretty and that, ubiquitous. And, and the clever thing about those staples is, I think they dissolve. Do they not? Uh, I think I think stitches dissolve. I don't think staples can dissolve, right, can they? Okay. I don't really know, to be honest. As everyone knows, super glue was designed for human beings, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I've used it a few times. It's really useful stuff. I don't know why we're not allowed to use it. 
Is it? Is it probably cancerous or something? You should not be operating on yourself with super glue. I just, I live my life like I am in the middle of the jungle and the Viet Cong is chasing me. That's how I live my life. All right. You think I just, you'd be more I, fucking I need, camouflaged? I need to... <laughs> I am. This is camouflaged. What, it's like what a digital you, camo that you get. What have in the you desert. used? What have you used super glue for? Like just closing a, a, a deep cut. Where? When? On my hand. Look, uh, where is it? There you go. That one there. See that one? So you put super glue in that? Yeah. And what happened to the super glue? Well, just dis- well, I, mean, I guess it just dissolves eventually. But it's yeah. It's in your bloodstream. It's in my bloodstream. I, I heard that it was developed for soldiers as mm. a quick way to treat battlefield injuries. But yeah. I thought that it wasn't properly proceeded with because it wasn't reliable. So they just they used it for other stuff. Well, the, I think the like when the guy invented the post-it note because he was trying to invent glue and he invented mm. the worst glue ever, and that became the post-it note. Well, I think the I think uh, I can't remember which side it was on, but certainly in I, th- I think it may have been the the Korean War. They devised this um, amazing coagulating kind of um, powder that they'd pour into the um, they'd pour into the wound, right? And it would sort of gum gum it up, sort of thing. But the blood would clot immediately. It's incredible stuff, and 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 you see it a lot in like um, Chinese first aid kits. Um, it's just this red powder you just throw on it, um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 incredible stuff. I'd love a bit of that, but you can get it in most Chinese um, uh, apothecaries, so to speak. Here, mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just red. Powder. It feels like it should be re- regulated, that. Yeah. Nah, just, just spicing it. Isn't it also the case now that on battlefields they use those as massive syringes with this tiny, they've got small, um, almost like, I want to say cotton wool type polystyrene type things. Right. And they smash those into a big wound. Nice, and okay. And it, it instantly kind of soaks all the blood and blocks it. See, that, that, this is what I find exciting about battlefields. Yeah. Right? I don't care about tanks and guns and stuff. I love the idea that, the, 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 you know, things need to be clean and quickly closed. It's fantastic. Fantastic what they can do nowadays. What? But what, what, where's the clean and quickly closed come into it? Where's the what? Why have you said that? Because it needs to be clean. It needs to be clean. Yeah. It needs to be closed. Yeah. And it needs to be clever. Solution needs to be clever, like your mouth, like my mouth. Um, so, so look, clever. Jake did survive to tell the tale <laughs> after having stitches put into his head at the age of five by a vet, which were removed by with a standing knife and supplies from his own dad. <laughs> no, no, wrong with it. I like it. In the eighties, it must have been in the eighties. Yeah, everything re- happened in the eighties. I remember. That I went to. Yeah, I, I remember. I remember when they took my um, pins out of my arm. Yeah, they didn't they? Didn't sent me to sleep they didn't have local anaesthetic they just, she just got the pliers and yanked it out of my arm and it did not hurt at all it, it must incredible. have had some kind of injection not a single injection just what, took it straight out was she a doctor <laughs> <laughs> so I remember she was, she was like uh, the preeminent expert in that part of the elbow like she was she was, she was, she right. was very good at elbows for some reason that's what as and, people um, get more and more educated they get more and more specialised yeah, yeah yeah so she was she was top of a game and she'd never seen anything like what I'd done so you, and myself. for those who don't know you broke your elbow trying to do a clinsman dive playing yeah. football it was magnificent can you remember the incident itself uh, uh, ball over the shoulder <laughs> Yeah, hitting as hard as I can on the on the on the drop vol. Yeah, uh, yeah, just flew in and uh, yeah, just went. Yeah, I, I played on. How did you hurt? I screamed. What, what happened? You just you did. So when you jumped see a, out, pussied out. Uh, no, when so you see a speak, professional footballer do a knee slide and it doesn't work, was right. it like that? No, no, I, I went to do it and then got scared that I was going to hurt my face and then put my arms out to. Uh, it was a bit of a drier day than I was expecting when I saw the grass. I was like, that's going to hurt me. But but when you do a clinsman dive, you're supposed to put your hands out anyway. Yeah, but out. But I put it underneath myself and I crumpled. Oh, see? okay, right. My arm went the wrong way and I was like, that was... I just didn't do a correct dive, really. But you carried on playing the rest of the game? Par- carried on playing the rest of the game. Score yeah. another one? 
Ooh, win was, the game? Felt very sick. Was win the game? Very queasy. Yeah. Felt very unwell, unfortunately. So yeah, just don't do that, kids. Just no. don't do that for crying out loud. Uh, we got a message from... Oh, we got a follow-up. Dom. Fair play, Pete. It literally says Gibbon on the wall at the top of the picture I took. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> I didn't see that, to be fair. Remind people of what this is again. Yeah, uh, basically uh, a man, uh, Dom, went to the Honeyman Museum and he was amused by the fact that um, there was a, a long-armed monkey, a very long-armed yeah. monkey, and he thought it was a, uh, an, an inaccurate bit of stuffing, uh, knowing the Honeyman's uh, terrible reputation for stuffing. Uh, but no, it's a, it's a beautiful Gibbon. Um, but he says, good mammalian uh, recommendation there. Uh, Pete, YouTube is only going to be recommending me Gibbons for some time after that rabbit hole. I only found out there's an Instagram profile uh, just dedicated to Gibbon videos. So that's very oh, really? much what I've been following over the past few days. So and, you, and you've been very, very consistent in your love for Gibbons over the years, to be fair to you. It's not a fashionable thing for you. You, you mm. Some people have adopted the Gibbon scene. You were, bo- <laughs> you were, def- you were definitely born. Damn right, damn right, yeah. Um, I, the, the Instagram follow I would recommend to everyone listening, um, which I cannot get enough of, mm. is um, 70s sci-fi art. All right, yeah. So you know, like you know, Kitchy like kind of airbrushed, yeah, um, Bec- space war Bec- because of the Cold War mm. and the paranoia that that kind of fermented, yeah, from the fifties, obviously all the way through. Um, by the time it gets to the seventies, particularly the early seventies, you've got people who are imbibed with Cold War paranoia, mm. but also taking you know, some decent amount of drugs mm. and <laughs> living on the probably on the west coast most of the US, um, and they're spending their time preparing for Armageddon by um, doing massive landscapes of foreign worlds with different <laughs> conceptual animals and spacecrafts and stuff. Amazing. And I can lose hours just looking at it. <laughs> it's brilliant. 70s sci-fi art. I'd very yeah. much recommend it. Oh, all that stuff is, is absolutely fantastic. Let's squeeze uh, one more email in before we go. This is from Chris, who says, um, Hi, guys. Meant to send this a long while back when you were discussing Noel's house party and Mr. Blobby, mm. um, probably a couple of years ago that. And for those who are listening who aren't listening in the UK, which is quite a few of you actually, which is awesome, um, Noel's House Party was a Saturday night family show um, presented by an idiot, uh, and he had a sidekick called Mr. Blobby. Yes. And how would you describe Mr. Blobby? Uh, a man in a suit, a obviously. Space shit. Uh, he's, just, <laughs> yeah. he's just a clumsy space shit. Pink with yellow polka dots on him, mm, and big he, boggly and, eyes. And because it, it was the nineties, his thing was like running into chaos. situations and just causing chaos. Yeah, going blobby, knocking blobby, things blobby. over, blobby, blobby, blobby. Had a number one single, I think. Yes, Mister Blobby. Yeah, blobby. Yeah, Chris said, "I'm from the UK. At the time of the above blobby conversation, conversation, I worked for a navigational aid company in <sighs> Wellington, New Zealand." Well, I mean, what is that? Like a GPS? <laughs> what is navigational well, aid? He goes on. He goes on to say, "I've visited many lighthouses around the country." Oh, interesting. He still got, once got chatting to a local harbour master who told me about a story involving Pencaro Lighthouse in Wellington Harbour. There are two lighthouses in the area, one coastal and one on the hills, and the upper lighthouse is heritage listed and no longer in use. And back in 2001, it was undergoing some routine maintenance. Over the Queen's birthday weekend, which I suppose is a bank holiday in New Zealand, <laughs> um, some rascals popped up um, and painted it pink with yellow spots. The harbour master was giddy at the idea that someone had come up with such a colourful co- uh, colour combination because he obviously hadn't heard of Mr. Blobby. So I showed him who it was and he didn't really understand. <laughs> so basically what's happened is, I guess a lighthouse is kind of that shape. Yes. And some people have painted an entire lighthouse pink with yellow polka dots <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> it's quite good. It's quite a good scheme. Fantastic, yeah. A lot of hard work. Chris goes on to say, 
that talk of ligament damage to dogs, which we talked about last week, mm. prompted me to send you this information as well. My Mastiff has just had her ligaments done. 3,500 New Zealand dollars. Holy McMoley. What do you make of that? I think um, could could get it done cheaper, but could get it done worse. Should, go, should go to that vet that Jake went to. Mm. Um, Eighteen hundred pounds. That is. So that's all right for me. I think that's I think that's more than enough. If you what price to pay for a, for a dog to? What is your cut off? What do you mean? Yeah, until I can't, that, until I can't afford it. What's your cut off? Until I can't afford it. So you've got a dog that you love. Every man's got a price. Your dog. You've got a dog, you love it, it's your family mm. dog, and it's still got a lot of miles left in the tank. Mm. And the vet says, okay, it needs this operation done, or it's going to die. Mm. Um, Mr. Dodge, so I'll do seat. it myself. Give me the tools. <laughs> I'll, buy, I'll buy the tools off you. You can't do it. And then he says, you can't do it yourself. And you both casually look down to a carcass in the floor, <laughs> the last one you tried to do. <laughs> and he says, unfortunately, Pete, to keep your beloved family pet alive, mm. it's going to cost £20,000. You're right. Well, I mean, you would want to pay it, wouldn't you? 50,000. No. <laughs> See, there is a cut-off. There is a cut-off. And people don't have to talk about I don't it. Know. Also, I'll pay any amount because I love my dog. Well, I don't have 50,000 pounds, do I? I don't have 20,000 pounds, but I could probably beg, steal and borrow. I couldn't, could I? Who's going to give me that amount of money? Uh, uh, the phone will ring and, I'll, uh, and it'll be Pete and I'll be thinking, nope. we, ain't got, nope. we ain't got a team meeting this week, <laughs> we? Guys, I'm in a bit of a bind here. <laughs> so, so, I mean, because some of the procedures will be expensive. I don't mean to play on, to pr- to play on people's too, I don't think it'd be 20,000. Uh, who's doing a 20,000 pound operation for a pet? Because very oh, few people will be able to afford it, surely. Very complicated brain surgery. <laughs> I'll tell you what then. You'd you, want an improvement in the behaviour. You pay 50. For that money. For the brain surgery. Afterwards, the dog can speak, but only you can hear it. <laughs> you offer it. Yeah, definitely. I'll definitely pay that. I'd pay loads of money for that. <laughs> but imagine if they're just really boring. I want some meat. Yeah. Pete, have you got some meat? Turns out dogs Pete, don't do anything. Got any meat? Got say. <laughs> Pete, have you got any meat? I'm, uh, hungry. I'm really into meat I'm at the moment. I'm you shut up about meat, Stephen, <laughs> the dog. See, talking about Mr. Blobby, I saw Mr. Blobby um, taking, uh, facing off against Scott Hall, aka Razor Ramon, the uh, He's the a bad boy now, isn't he? Uh, I think he's back. Is he I dead he's, now? No, I think he's he's still alive, but he's uh, he's back he's back on top. I think after a, a long um, career of drug abuse um, and drinking. Um, but he um, but he was like facing off on going live or whatever against uh, Mr. Blobby. And Riz and Marum's thing was he would flick a toothpick in someone's face and he flicked it in Mr. Blobby's face. I've never seen a better sell of that move. He falls over. He was amazing. <laughs> At Love his it. peak, Razor Ramon. Oh, I thought you meant was Mr. amazing. Blobby. Yeah, with his toothpick and yeah. his long hair and his yeah. look, he was amazing. Oh, he's like a kind of what would you call him? Like a kind of greaser, yeah, like a horrible greaser. His look was just so like slick. Mm. I remember being like twelve years old and thinking, "This guy is the guy I want to be." <laughs> <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? It's yeah. like what your dad's friend looked like if he was sexy. Yeah, definitely. Like Char- charged, with, um, charged with second degree murder after shooting a man with his own gun. We should we should point that out. Well, he didn't use anybody else's gun. He no, used his own gun. Kept it in house. Him and Diesel. Uh, the charges were dropped due to a lack of evidence. My our lawyers mm. have instructed me to say. But um, <laughs> and, and is it beyond the mat where he's in a really bad way? Yeah, will be. Uh, yeah, it's really sad. Him he's, and Jack. He's got some kind of issue with. Um, drug dependency and mm. he's still it's just awful but anyway pleased to hear that he's on the straight and narrow again now mm-hmm. um, according to you Pete so that might well be bullshit incorrect on, the, on that um, bombshell on that Razor Ramon power bomb mm. did, he do the, did he do the power bomb? I don't really I, no, I don't think so no the Razor's head surely was his 
Yeah. Or was that someone else? I don't, I don't really. I, I don't know. Should ask Mark Hayne, I know. I? I know an Irish whip. That's about it. Ask, oh, that's terrible. That's the shittest thing <laughs> I ever. Know. You just slap him across the chest. <laughs> ask Mark Haynes. Um, do check out the WrestleMe podcast, which Pete is fifty percent off. Fifty yeah. percent. 20% I do the recordings <laughs> I, edit, I edit it do listen to Wrestle Me um, for which every episode Pete is undeniably present <laughs> and uh, check it out wherever you get your pods uh, we'll be back on Thursday with another episode of the Luke and Pete show send your emails in hello at lukeandpeacher.com perhaps you've stormed the tanker yourself yes. or perhaps you've met Mr Blobby perhaps it happened on the same night what an evening let us know hello at lukeandpeacher.com we'll be back on Thursday say goodbye Peter oh what a night and it's goodbye from me as well This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.